what I saw on the Isle of Patmos, what I saw that day, I was in the spirit and the resurrected Lord came and spoke to me. We saw him with eyes of fire. We saw him as the judge. We saw him in incredible fashion. We saw the throne room. We saw the elders. We saw the angels. We saw the the, the redeemed of all ages worshiping the Lamb. Worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Worshiping him who is worthy. And what a sight that was. We heard about the church age. We heard about the time that the church would be here on earth. And, and we heard about the rapture. And we heard about the glory in heaven. And we heard about the Lamb who was worthy. The Lamb who was worthy not just because He made us. Yes, He's worthy because He's our Creator. He's worthy because He, he created our self. He created the earth. He created all that there is. He's worthy because of creation. But He's even more worthy because He redeemed us unto God by His blood. Out of every kindred, nation, and tongue, we are kings and priests unto our God. Can I have a, a witness right there? He's so worthy. And as I watched, as I watched, I saw the most incredible thing happen. You see, those were the scenes in heaven right after the rapture. Those were the scenes that we will experience if you are a born-again child of God, if you know Christ as your Savior. That is what you will experience the moment we get to heaven right after the rapture, right after God calls us home, right after Jesus comes for his bride. But you see, there will be things taking place on earth at the same time. And as I kept watching Jesus begin to reveal to us what was going to take place on earth at the time of the rapture, you see, the child of God will be in revelation. The child of God will be in glory. The child of God will be in a place of worship and wonder in the throne room. But those who are left behind, those who refuse to believe in the gospel, those who refuse to trust in the Lord and accept his payment of salvation on the cross, they're going to go through judgment. You see, we today, ladies and gentlemen, are in the age of grace. We are in the age where we can call upon the Lord. We can, we can ask forgiveness of our sin. We can, we can trust Him. And, and because of His grace, an old sinner can be saved. Somebody with a past can be forgiven. Because of His grace, we find mercy is new every morning. He is on the throne of grace that we have the privilege and the opportunity to go boldly before his throne of grace to find the, the mercy and the help that we have need of because we're in the age of grace. But the moment the rapture takes place, the age of grace is over. The time of judgment will be at hand. And as I watched, I saw the Lamb take that seven-sealed book from the hands of him who was on the throne and as he opened the first seal, there was a sound of thunder. And as the seal was being opened, there came forth a white horse. And the he that sat on him had a bow in his hand, and a crown was given unto him. And he went forth conquering and to conquer. You see, this white horse rider is an important political figure on this earth. This white horse rider is, is not the same as another white horse rider that we learn about later on in the Revelation. 
In Revelation 19, there is a white horse rider that comes, and he is different than this one. He has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His vesture is dipped in blood. He will come, and he will smite the nations, and he will rule and reign with a rod of iron. He is none other than Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And he comes in Revelation 19 on a white horse in glory and power and victory. But he's different. He's different. There are no arrows. It's just a bow. Which represents deception. Which represents a false peace. You see, he's not coming with military might. He's not coming with a sword. He's not coming with bloodshed. It's going to be a bloodless coup. It's going to be a political takeover. You see, he's going to be the final world dictator. He's going to do, he's going to do what, what, what Hitler could not do. He's going to do what, what Alexander the Great couldn't do. He's going to do what Nebuchadnezzar could not do. He's going to do what all of the dictators of all mankind, Stalin and all the rest of them, he's going to do what nobody could do and unite the world behind him. He's the one that Daniel spoke of in his prophecy, the prince who should come. The prince who will sign a treaty with God's people, sign a treaty with Israel, a seven-year peace treaty. In three and a half years, he will break that treaty. He's the one who Brother Paul spoke of in his letter to the Thessalonians. This is the man of sin. This is the son of perdition. The Bible says, he that now letteth will let. Talking about the Holy Spirit. You see, in our day today, as we live right now in this time Right now, the Holy Spirit is holding him back. Everybody's trying to figure out who he is. He's not going to be revealed till we're gone. He that now letteth, or holdeth back, he that now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. When's that? The rapture of the church. And when he's taken out of the way, then, then shall that wicked be revealed, who the Lord shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, the sword out of his mouth. Who is he? He's Antichrist. You see, God has his Savior, God has his redeemer. God has his white horse rider in 19, but the devil always has a counterfeit for everything God has. He's going to promise peace, and he can't produce it. All the nations of the world are going to turn to him. All people, even the Jewish people, they're going to think he's great. We're finally going to have peace. We're going to sign a treaty. This is wonderful. Jesus says, I came in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. But others will come in their own name, and you will receive them. And the nation of Israel is going to believe him. The nation of Israel rejected Christ, but they will accept the Antichrist. And that peace treaty will be short-lived. Because he said, when they cry, peace and safety, then cometh utter destruction. You see... Christ today you will believe the lie of the Antichrist he says that God will send a strong delusion that they should believe a lie who those who believe not in the truth who those that did not accept the love of Christ 2nd Thessalonians and they shall be damned so oh, but preacher I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get saved uh, after the rapture and then I'll know it's all real then I'll believe in Christ no you won't According to Paul's letter, he says, you will be damned. 
because you're going to believe the lie of the Antichrist. And I saw the second seal open. And as the first seal, there was another horse. There was a different colored horse. There was a red horse who came forth, and the rider had a great sword in his hand. That great sword was given unto him to take peace from this earth. That sword was given to bring war on this earth. War like we've never seen. War that Jesus described in Matthew 24. He said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Tribulation beyond our comprehension. Tribulation beyond what we've ever seen or have seen before. There has been wars and fighting from the very beginning of time. We've seen great wars and small wars. But Jesus says none like we will see in that day. Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. This will not just be country against country. It will be brother against brother. It will be father against son. There will be race wars. There will be civil wars. There will be economic wars. Bloodshed. You see, in three and a half years, the prince of peace, the false peace, the Antichrist, is going to reveal his true colors, and he's going to turn his back on God's people and attack them. Break the treaties that he made. And war and rumors of war. And then I continued to watch and I saw the third seal. And the third seal was broken and and began to open and, and another horse came forth. Another horse, a black horse, and whose rider he came forth and he had a balance in his hand. And you see, these balances represent famine. Famine, a shortage of food. See, we we turn on the TV and we see Sudan and we see Ethiopia and we see some of these countries in Africa who have no food. You say, where's the famine coming from? During the time of war, they're beating their swords, or excuse me, their plowshares into swords. All of the technology, all of the money, All of everything is going for military might, for military issues, for tanks and guns and and, and planes and all of these things. Nobody's farming. The farmers are being killed. The farmers are in battle. The farmers are fighting. Nobody's planting wheat. Nobody's planting barley. Nobody's putting seed in the ground. And because everybody's fighting and nobody's planting, there's a shortage of food. I'm not talking about in one country talking about all over the world and according to this writer according to this writer a man will work a whole day one day's wage will provide enough for one man to eat one day's wage will provide enough bread for one man to eat and he must provide for his family with one one person's food for a day. What is that going to be like? How in the world would people accept the mark of the beast? Why would people accept the mark? Because in that day, the Antichrist is going to make it where you cannot buy or sell or trade or do anything without the mark. And ladies and gentlemen, you'll do anything when you're hungry enough. The balances represent a man's wage and one day of food. Because of famine, because of warfare, because of deception, when famine strikes, 
he opened the fourth seal. And when the fourth seal was opened, there came forth another rider. And this rider was unlike any of the rest. This rider had somebody following. This rider had a partner. The rider of the pale horse was called death. And the Bible says hell followed with him. You see, death is the custodian of the body. Whether you know this or not, whether you believe this or not, every human being, every human being ever born from the time of Adam, soon one day, death will take custody of his body. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much how healthy you are. I don't care what doctor you know. I don't care how much medicine you can buy. I don't care how much you jog. I don't care how much you diet. It is appointed unto man once to die. And after this, the judgment. One day, death will take custody of your body. You say, what is hell for? Hell will take custody of the soul. You see, in this time, in this day, these are unbelievers who are dying. Because every believer has been raptured out and they are in glory. Every believer who trusted in Christ, every believer who was saved, every believer who gave their heart to Christ, they've been taken to glory. They are in heaven. But the unbelievers are going to die. And according to this writer, he will, he will destroy a fourth of the population on this planet. Over a billion people will die at this seal. Hell followed with him. Hell is a temporary holding place for the souls of men who deny Christ. Hell, Hades, it is a temporary place. It is the place that the rich man went to when Lazarus died and went to Abraham's bosom and saw the rich man in hell. And the Bible says in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment and said, please send Lazarus. He may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my parching tongue for I am tormented in this flame. Death came, and hell followed with him. Death, who is the custodian of the body. Hell, who is the custodian of the soul. Oh, that bothers me. As I saw the reality of what's going to take place on this earth, as I saw the reality of what's coming to this earth, as I saw what is fixing to take place, it bothered me. And then God said, don't forget chapter 1. Death may be coming, and hell may be coming with him. But don't forget chapter 1. Don't forget who I am. Don't forget what I said. Don't forget death is coming, and hell's coming with him. But you need to understand, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Death is coming, and hell's coming with him. But I am he that liveth and was dead, and I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and of hell. You say, preacher, why are you not worried? Why are you not upset? Because Jesus has gone there. Jesus has conquered, and Jesus has returned. Jesus died. Jesus was buried. Jesus went to hell, and he took the keys away from the one who had them. He has now authority. He now has power. He now has ability. If I go by way of the grave, I'm going to get back up again because he is the first fruits. He got up, and one day I'm getting up. He has the keys of death 
and of hell. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be frightened. The book of Revelation does not need to wig you out. You need to understand that you're a child of the living God. It's, oh, but what about the lies? You know the truth, the way, and the life. Oh, but preacher, what about the war? You understand, you belong to the Prince of Peace. Oh, but preacher, what about the famine? You don't understand, you're following the bread of life. Oh, but preacher, what about death and hell? You need to understand, you belong to the resurrection and the life. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's him. He's conquered them all. He's conquered them all. Hallelujah. I'm about to get undignified. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, I came to tell you this morning, he's in charge. You see, the devil is playing a game. This is the devil's man, and he thinks, I got him. I got him. I got him. I have, I have my, my false Christ. I have, I'm in charge. I'm bringing desolation. I'm bringing devastation. And the whole time, God is pulling the strings, putting the devil right where he wants him. Hallelujah. I came to tell you this morning, you have no reason to fear. I'm speaking to two groups this morning. Believers and unbelievers. You see, there's only two ways that God looks at you. He don't look at you tall and short. He don't look at you black and white. He, he doesn't look at you rich and poor. He doesn't look at you handsome and ugly. He don't see nothing. All he sees is lost and saved. There's only two types of people in this room, lost and saved. There are only two types of people in this room, ready and unready. I want you to know, if you're down in the rock today, I want you to know you can be ready. If you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can be ready. You need to be ready. We cannot leave this earth without Christ. I had the opportunity this week to speak to two groups of people. Amazing experience. I don't always get this opportunity, but this week, it just happened this week that we had this opportunity. I was asked to, to go to the preschool and speak to the, how many of y'all have been around? 15 minutes, preacher. That's all we need, 15 minutes, just a little 15 minutes lesson with How many of y'all know 15 minutes with? It's like three days with. They scared me. And I prayed and I fasted. I said, Lord, what do you want me to tell them? I mean, you only got a few minutes and, 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 Every moment counts. 
I said, Lord, what, what, do you, what do you want me to tell them? And this is what he said. Jesus rose. This I know. For my Bible tells me so. I mean, what did the God in heaven who created everything there was, who, who spoke the world into existence, who, who dug man out of the dust of the ground, formed with his own fingers him, made his body, and then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What did he want man to know? What did he want them little people to know more than anything else in this world? Not how to buy a house, not how to buy, build a car, not, not how to make much of money. He wanted them to know, Jesus loves you. This I know. Last night, to baptize a coon-hunting friend of mine who is dying of cancer. He's got lung cancer. Just, just a, I mean, God knows. It's all up to God. Doctors can say whatever they want to say, but it don't matter. It's up to God. But he's praying. And I said, God, what can I say? There's about 51 people. Some of them that don't go to church, some of them that don't know Christ. I said, God, what do, I, what do I say? This may be my one shot. This may be my one opportunity. God, what verse do you want me to use? What verse do you want me to share? And it was like he spoke to my heart. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Isn't it amazing that when God says, when you speak to the, tell them Jesus loves you, this I know, for my Bible tells me so. And when you go talk to the older, he said, I want you to tell them for God so loved the world. It's amazing to me, the message is the same. It does not matter the audience. God wants everybody in this room to know. God wants everybody in this community to know. God wants everybody in this country to know. God wants everybody in this world to know. He loves them. He made it possible. Please, listen up right here. I'm done right here. I'm done right here. Don't check out on me. Give me your undivided attention. He did it all so you didn't have to face none of this. None of this. The only people that will face this is those that refuse God's love. Don't do that. You say, preacher, you said you were speaking to two groups of people. I am. To all the unbelievers, I want you to get saved today. I want you to start following Jesus today. I want you to turn from your old way and trust in him and walk a new path. I want you to do that today. No more procrastinating. No more putting it off. No more waiting. No more making excuses. Today's the day. And to all the believers, to all the saved, I want you to quit playing around. It's time to quit playing church. It's time to do what we're supposed to do. It's time to be what we're supposed to be. 
Solomon said it this way, whatever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no power, there is no ability, there is no strength in the grave where we go. What is he saying? There's going to be a day when we won't be here to say it. There's going to be a day when we won't be here to do it. If you need to tell somebody you love them, tell them today. If you need to minister, minister today. If you need to help, help today. No more excuses. No more procrastination. I'm going to be what God wants me to be, and I'm going to be it today. It's not a tomorrow. There's not in the future. There is today. Today. You've been coming here. You've been coming here regularly, and you haven't joined. It's time to quit. Join. Get involved. Start giving. Start participating. Start serving Jesus today. One thing will never get back, and that's wasted time. Let's be ready. Today's the day. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now. I pray right now that you'll move. I pray that you'll help. I pray that you'll touch. I pray that you'll move in an awesome way. God, I pray for those who need to be saved. They need to come. They need to come.
Dude. 
Oh 